Welcome to the Whipperwell Collective, a podcast dedicated to you, the avid hunter, fisherman, and outdoorsman. I'm your host, Andrew Van Morsel, and I'm planning on talking to you about tips and strategies of hunting and fishing, as well as your outdoor activities everybody enjoys. So sit back, kick your feet up, and enjoy this. G'day guys and welcome to the Whipperwell Collective. I'm your host Andrew Van Morsel and this is episode 9. Merry Christmas you filthy animals. I am so pumped up. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year next to whitetail season. What about you guys? I'm telling you a long long year of hard work and determination and everything else has led to this season being one of the greatest seasons I've had so far. I'm hoping every one of you guys that still have a tag to fill can get out and fill that tag. I know it's not the end. You still have at least a week left and the best time is right now, in my opinion, if you haven't got it done, to get a late season doe or even harvest that mature buck that's still hanging around. I can tell you right now, the buck I was hunting, Big Mike I call him, um, he disappeared again and now I don't know if it's just a pattern or if he got shot last year I assumed he was shot he uh, disappeared after muzzleloader and I didn't get another picture of him all year all the way up until the second week of gun season this year he did the same he showed up after gun season and he left after muzzleloader did he get shot? I don't know I can tell you right now, I don't think his core area is around here, and I think he's only venturing out this way to find some does and heat. But uh, I'm hoping, I got my fingers crossed, that he's going to show up next year, because if I do it right and I keep his consistent pattern the way he's been doing it, he should be showing up at the end of second week and then the week after gun season ends. So that's when I'm going to hunt him hard next year. That's when I'll stay out of that one spot all the way to that point, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that will allow him to feel secure enough that he's going to make his way back in. But for now, I did something else. I decided after muzzleloader season I was going to go on doe patrol. I do this every year. The only difference is this year I extended it at least a week more. I had to work a lot this year. I missed muzzleloader. I missed the last two weeks of November archery. Um, These are some of the favorite times I have to, to, to do all this stuff at. Yet the problem I have is that there is uh, lots of work at work. We're very busy around this time. So then I end up picking up 19 days straight of shifts. I got two off. I got out doing a little bit of hunting. I didn't see a thing. And then I had to work seven more straight days. After that point, that's when I had my five-day stretch off. This is the five-day stretch I planned on getting it done. I didn't care what I got. This is the doe patrol week. This is a buck. I just was not taking a younger deer. I was sticking to my plan. A mature deer with that new Prime Logic CT5 that I got at Ontario Archery Supply. I had it loaded off with a gold tip arrow, a 400 grain gold tip arrow with a 100 grain muzzy broadhead. Um, I'm yet to put Luminox on them, but that's my goal next year too because I love watching those things sail. It's a lot easier to follow them. But not only was that my goal, I wanted to get it done on camera. Um, I've been toting that camera around all year, getting footage of different deer here and there, and I've had a struggle at the beginning of the year because I didn't get to see very much deer. uh, As I set myself a plan that I wasn't going to sit on bait and I was just going to hunt trails. I was going to try to figure it out. 
I've now located many areas that I will attempt to hunt next year, early season. I found out one of my bushes floods after gun season, so that's why the deer always move out of it. So I'm going to concentrate more of my time in on that bush earlier season, which will be great. Um, but as for this year, because I don't want to get ahead of you guys, this year I wanted to get it done with the mature deer, like I said, with that bow. So when I switched the doe patrol, I had a specific doe in mind. Not a general doe, like, hey, that one right there. I'm talking like a three-year-old. I knew there was two or three of them running around. There was a bunch of packs of does running together. But I wanted to make sure, because my ethics, this has nothing to do with any of you guys. If you guys feel like you want to do this, I feel there's nothing wrong with it. But for me to feel happy with my kill, this is, I have criteria that I will do. As for does, it has to be a mature doe. It cannot have a fawn with it. If that fawn is still milking or nuzzling, I choose not to shoot that doe. I would rather see that doe take that fawn through the winter and allow it to be broken off in the summertime next year on its own with the knowledge it learned to get through the next winter from its mother rather than taking it and then having it try to struggle through the winter and being chased by coyotes and trying to find winter forage and things like that uh, with not the knowledge they need as this might be their first winter. That's my personal preference. Anybody else is welcome to do whatever they want. I do not judge, guys. Honestly, I know lots of my buddies do it. And hey, meat on the table, right? But for me, this is what I do. I choose an ethical thing. And same thing with my shots. I've been guilty in the past and all the time. Um, what happens is that uh, I always prefer to take that perfect shot. I always wait for it. And I will not take that shot if it doesn't. I get teased sometimes. I got buddies and my brother one of the best deer hunters I know. Man, kills deer all the time. He takes lots of different shots, and I'm sure that's the reason why he's getting it done more than I do a lot of the time. But I just won't wait. Uh, or I just, I want to wait, sorry, for that perfect shot so that I know that animal won't suffer. Plus, I hate tracking. I don't want to be tracking four or 500 yards. 40 yards, that's beautiful. Pretty much all my animals that I've got, I've tracked within that. There has been the odd time everybody loses a deer here and there. Um, but you always put your due diligence in and you always go. Earlier this year, like I said, I shot that buck. I wounded him. But where I felt I hit him plus the hair and the sign that I found felt that I hit him low in the chest. And I probably just gave him a serious injury rather than a fatal wound. So I'm happy in that sense that I know he's probably still running around and he might be chasing next year if he does not die of infection. But just the thought of, of that still bothers me that uh, not only did I not get that deer which bothers me but uh, I just I'm not I'm not one for wounding animals it just it bothers me uh, I do this I do this hunting thing which I know a lot of guys do um, I want to say for what everybody else does I do it for the meat but I do do it for the meat I really do do it for the meat I really enjoy telling the stories over and over again to you guys to my friends to my family I love cooking and then telling the experience of how I got that animal so it doesn't matter to me if it had a huge rack on it or it was a doe or it does matter to me I should say I will not take a small buck anymore just because the simple reason is I want to see them grow um, I don't want to be classified as a trophy hunter but I would rather take an animal that's lived its life that's going to provide me with like a hundred and something pounds of meat rather than 20 something pounds of meat. And I'd rather just do it that way. It's just, that's me, man. That's the way it is. Um, 
I don't I don't beat down other people for that. I really enjoy everything everybody else does. It's just there's certain things that I have for criteria of hunting, right? I'm sure everybody else has their own too. So what I'm basically trying to say is get out there guys, get it done because you still have time. Don't have to be picky. If your standards are low, crank them. Get them done. If it's brown, it's down. Enjoy it. All I want you guys to do is be able to share that deer hunting memory all the way till the beginning of next season when you get to make your own again. So, don't be uh, don't be shy to do whatever you want to do. But there'd be a very... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess hypocritical thing saying that I, I don't hunt for fun. Because... Yeah, we don't actually have to hunt anymore. We can go to the grocery store and we can buy meat and we can do all that. But I do hunt for fun. I do hunt for the thrill. I do hunt for the excitement. But I can tell you right now, I prefer to hunt for this reason. This is the reason why I hunt. Sustainability. I love the fact that I can say I can harvest all my own food. I'm not just talking about meat. I'm talking about growing my own garden, harvesting wild vegetables, um, things like that, living off the land. Now, I'm going to live with electricity. I'm not going to be a hermit or anything like that or a homesteader as much as I'd love to be. I'm telling you right now, I just love to be self-sustaining, being able to provide for my family and myself without having to go to the grocery store all the time and purchase things. Now, I don't have a cow or anything, so I'm going to have to go buy milk and things like that, but I'm talking like straight up meat, like protein. I'd rather shoot it, kill it, butcher it, and eat it. Makes you have that great connection with all the land. You know, you get to thank that animal for its life because it's going to provide you and your family and your friends life throughout the season. You have all these different topics. You have different recipes you can try. You can introduce new people to wild game that way. So that, my friends, that's the reason why I hunt. You got to ask yourself the question, why do you hunt? And if you're on that uh, topic of meat, what are you guys cooking for Christmas? What's going to be on your table? I know we can't always have wild game because a lot of our families don't just take part in that, like especially mine. Like I don't come from a hunting background, so it's very, very hard to get a lot of people other than my brother and his family and stuff like that to try some new, new approaches to things. But I can tell you right now, we're going to have the old traditional turkey and I'm going to roast a couple ducks. Because we haven't had roasted duck in a while. And I'm pretty sure my mom and dad haven't either, so I'm going to try to do that. If I can roast a couple ducks and bring it to their Christmas meal. If not, I'll do it for whenever I have Becky's birthday. We have a bunch of friends coming over at the end of the week as my wife uh, is going to be celebrating a birthday. So I might just cook a big wild game for them. I already know I'm cooking asabuco out of a moose shank. I know you guys are just drooling at the mouth with that. I can't wait for it. But uh, what I wouldn't mind doing is uh, is uh, cooking up some roasted duck, too, as well, to go along with it. Uh, a bunch of different appetizers, too. Probably a little bit of wild game poppers. They're a, they're a favorite at everybody's table. So thanking uh, this year for all the, the fridge uh, meat that I got. I'm telling you right now, my freezer is full. Um, I got a couple buddies left with tags that are part of our gang that we still hunt with. Uh, I might head out at the end of the year to help them try to fill their tags. We all divide up all our meat all year. There's five of us. should say there's six of us. Um, 
five of us generally, and then there's uh, another fella that's been hunting with us for years. He's an older fella. He only hunts first week gun season with us, and then he heads back home. So we divide up everything we get first week there, and uh, we even throw him a big share of our, our other cuttings after because uh, we really appreciate all the knowledge and stuff that he's done for us over the years. So, um, But the main five, there's me, my brother, Matt, uh, my cousin Noah, my cousin Chris, and my good buddy Charlie, who you saw me out with the doe the other day. And uh, that's one of those stories I want to talk to you guys about with at the end, about having a great hunting buddy. Um, I have lots of great friends, man. I got a lot of good boys that I hunt with or I've hunted with, you know. Um, I don't know if I've ever hunted with anybody that's been an asshole or anything like that, but uh, uh, I know people that are hunt that are assholes, but I don't hunt with them. But yeah, everybody I seem to hunt with is just great. Um, but one guy in particular, my big good old friend, Charles. Man, that guy is top notch. And uh, at the end of this story, you'll understand why. But uh, nothing better than having a good friend, guys. Share that experience. And uh, good friends and family is at the same sense to, to tell your stories to. Like, you gotta be able to. That's my thing with hunting. You gotta have someone to share it with, camaraderie. You gotta love it. You know what I mean? You got to be able to share with somebody. I'm not going to sit there and talk to the wall. That's why I decided I'd start talking to this uh, recording program so that I could talk to you guys about it. I get too excited about it. And there's nobody to talk to. Apparently, I just talk way too much about it. So, hey, let's start a podcast. Let's tell stories. Let's give tips and tricks that I, I've learned over the years. I ain't the best. I am nowhere near the best. Maybe my, uh, my uh, tips can help you guys venture out and further your knowledge and maybe reach out to someone else who has more knowledge than me who knows enjoy it that's all i say so enough rambling though you guys want to hear about this doe even though it has no big horns on it i'm telling you i loved it it was it was a great hunt it was a two-day hunt that's what i classify it as it's a two-day hunt because i didn't get to see shit on saturday and sunday i didn't see a damn thing i said and then i decided to switch it up and I was going to a different setup, different location, and I was gonna—I was determined that this spot hadn't been pressured that much, and I was gonna sit in it. It had a shitty stand in it. I hate sitting in the stand. It's not meant for a compound hunter, and it's uh, got no rail in the front. Whenever you have to use it, because I have to flip it back. It's a ladder stand, so I don't feel as safe in it. Um, but I knew I could get it done either way if it happened. This was the same area. I took my doe last year. I've took bucks in the past out of this. This year, I just have never been there. I just haven't been to it. Uh, my brother's been into it a couple times. Uh, he hadn't seen very much. We've got bucks on camera. Um, that actually, that broken that broken eight with all the broken uh, tines on him that I posted, he actually hangs down in this area. Uh, we get more pictures down in him in this area than up, way up north on my end. But uh, I didn't realize that until I checked my camera. But I think that's one of his core areas. So... I don't know. I didn't get. I didn't get one picture of Big Mike down there. But like I said, I figure he messed off after uh, after the season. So um, I can tell you, my cameras aren't holding anything big on this property. But I have lots of does. So this is where I like to do my doe management. If I had to take a doe out of a certain area, I don't take it out of the other properties I have. I take it out of this one. It's a public land spot. It's great. It has tons and tons of does. But there's thousands of hunters, so they're always shooting all the bucks. Any little buck that walks by, boom, boom. Two years ago, I took my cousin Noah out, and there was like, I guess that, was that uh, spot I was telling you guys, like 27 shots we counted in the morning hunt. It's unreal. Just, it's like an orange army everywhere. 
but uh, always great for does because nobody nobody shoots them out there for some reason so it's just a it's like a mecca for uh, white-tailed does um, so the day started off on on Monday I decided to head down to the hemlock uh, my buddy Charlie he went up to his st- spot we called West End is what we call it because it's on the West End so um, he sat there and he didn't see nothing um, I had four does come flying out behind me they didn't come towards me they're running north and I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on um, I figured they were going to head up and keep going probably make their way up to uh, the north end of the property and then uh, there's a bait pile way up there too I thought maybe that's where they were going to hit they are circling around me so I waited and about an hour later I had three does come in from the uh, the northeast I believe it was and they were running directly at me the only thing was is my wind was blowing um to the northwest so it wasn't very far much more where they were going to cross they were going to hit my my wind but all of a sudden they just stopped 20 yards i had a small fawn would have been broadside the only one that I would have been able to do take an attempt at which obviously you know i'm not going to i had two other does with her with the exact same size um i would have had to identify which one was the actual mother of that fawn both of them were kind of one was facing towards me and one their vitals were behind a tree but they were kind of staring uh back in behind me and I couldn't figure out why. And then all of a sudden I heard a bunch of crunching. I look behind me and I see this little fawn, another little fawn running to the south. It was like, oh, they just see another deer. So I waited and it wasn't two seconds later, I hear more crunching. So I took another peek and there, I'm telling you, as much as I hate these goddamn things, the most beautiful coyote I've ever seen. Black strip down his back, a little bit of auburn color on his side and just blonde underneath. Beautiful, huge bushy tail beautiful beautiful pelt on this dog i'm telling you but he would not crest the 50 yard mark near me i could not for the life of me get an arrow in him i tried he 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 scared those three deer off he circled all around me he even come down wind and didn't even stop he just kept going around me in circles i'm telling you he must have been following prince um tracking these deer but uh i saw him three times that morning and he's starting to piss me off because every time i think i was seeing a, a deer coming in it was him and he wouldn't break it to the point where I could shoot. I'm comfortable at 40, and he was gonna he was gonna eat an arrow if I could get him close enough. But I just I just he would not break that point. So sitting there, and then uh, it was about 11 o'clock, maybe ah let's say quarter to 11. And I said to myself, so I'm only sitting here for another half an hour, half an hour max. I'm done. I said I'm gonna sit here, and when I'm done, um, if I haven't seen anything in the next half an hour, I'm gonna head home. And maybe 20 minutes later. There you go. I seen this this uh, doe, smaller doe. I say me, it wasn't a fawn, but it was a decent, like maybe a one and a half, two and a half year old doe, um, smaller in body stature, but not like tiny. Um, make her way straight north, about seventy yards away from me. Not even phasing, didn't stop, just kept walking straight through in a calm path. I'm like, oh, that must be a sign. I said, if I see a deer, I better sit. So I said, I'll make myself another plan, another half an hour, and I'm out of here. Another half an hour. And uh, I'm not even kidding. I was putting my arrow in my quiver. I was packing up and I heard the ice break. Just a huge smash to the south of me. South, sorry, southwest of me. I knew there was deer coming because it's a huge trail that comes up that way. So I waited. Nothing. Five minutes go by. All of a sudden I hear again. Smash. Oh, geez. Here something comes. And on the opposite side of where the first doe came on the, on the fence line, this, this deer was on the opposite side of the fence. So it was about 90 yards away from me, I'd say, probably close. And it started skirting that. I couldn't tell. I didn't see any horns. 
to me, it seemed like a buck. The way it was walking, it had a high ass end. It was a big deer, but I just couldn't put horns on it. And I wasn't sure if it was that broken eight or if it was just a big doe. But it made its way north just like the other one. That right there was the end of my day. I left after half an hour after seeing that deer. I said, they're not coming in anymore, and I got to get home, so I left. I thought I was going to get out Monday night, and plans changed. I never got out. I couldn't get out. Um, my wife runs a daycare, and she was very, very overwhelmed and busy with Christmas and everything else like that, and I opted to stay home to help her so I could get out later on another day, which is the right choice, I would imagine. So um, through Charlie, uh, we, we headed out, and that night I threw him a text. I said, you coming out in the morning? He said, yes, I am. I, he says, it might be one of my last days. I got a bunch of shit to do, and uh, Christmas is coming, and I don't know if I'll get out to the very end of the season. I said, all right, man. I said, how about we fill tags? Me and you. I got a good location. I said, I'm going to set you down in that one spot. I'm going to keep venturing in all the way down to the hemlock, and that's what we're going to do. I said, I'm pretty sure all those deer that I saw were heading north, and I don't know if they were going to go to that bait pile or not, but I said, if we both sit there, we have a better odds of, of getting a doe each. So the morning started up good. We both got in about a half hour to 45 minutes uh, before dark, I'd say, or before dark, before uh, shooting light. My bow up in the case on my on my uh, bow hook, waiting to just hit that zipper so I could just take it out. And uh, I could see, I could see the ground, I could see everything around me, I could see all the trees. Moon was, was full, uh, not full, I guess, but very bright. And uh, it was just shining, I could see everything. And all of a sudden I could hear all this crunching. Same spot the four come from yesterday. I seen five of them though, heading north. And all I thought was, yep, they're gonna circle me. They're gonna come all the way around. They're gonna head right up to Charlie. He's gonna get a shot first light. We're gonna be almost done. So it's just gonna be up to me after that. First light comes. I didn't see my first deer, I don't think, for the first hour of my entire sit. Um, I sat there and then uh, I had a couple deer come from the west of me but they didn't come in towards the pile. They just circled all the way around me and headed right down uh, southwest in that one corner where that buck was smashing ice the other day. And I thought, all right, so that's the first, that's seven deer I already saw within the first hour of hunting, first hour and a half hunting. And the first 45 minutes, I wasn't even allowed to shoot the first ones I saw. So I was pretty pumped up. I figured today they're out moving. They're going to be moving hard. We're going to be doing good. I'd say this is around eight o'clock. I was sitting there. And it honestly sounded like a cow pass, like a cow pass, just everything just running in from the south. I knew there was a pile of deer coming in, and I, I the only thing that either came to my mind the first instinct was, oh, that coyote's back. He's chasing these things. But there's that one part of me that's like, maybe it's not a coyote. Maybe it's that big buck that you saw the other day. Maybe he's chasing all these does right up this way. So, got the bow ready, sitting there. Boom! First doe comes running in. Second doe, third doe, fourth doe, fifth doe. They're all running right in from the south. Then the 6th and the 7th, they come in from the east and the west, but still south of me, and they come around. The first doe that came in must have been the smartest one. What she did was she came in, she came around, and uh, ended up going to uh, what I would consider oh, a little bit southwest of me. My wind was blowing completely west. I figured if she kept coming north, ah, She's going to blow it all out. All those deer are going to gone, right? But what I didn't take into account was she's probably going to look up in the stand because she's probably been in the stand or at the stand before and somebody's probably spooked her, or, you know you know what I mean? So I'm watching all the other deer coming in and, and I kind of picked the one I would thought I might try to take. 
and I had my hand in my bow and I moved and I look over it and this doe is just staring at me like full on staring doing that thing where she does the head bob head up head bob and I'm like she's got me I wait there and I wait there she doesn't have my wind yet and all of a sudden she turns around she runs right back south full tilt running no blowing just running full tilt she runs full tilt every one of those friggin deer follow her ugh my heart just sinks. It's like, Jesus, I can't buy a bucket today. Jesus. So, just sitting there. Text Charlie, tell him it's all pilot deer, nothing happens. Sitting there shooting the shit with my brother, too, texting him about Christmas and a couple other things and the fact that I just seen some deer and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I had all these black squirrels around me crunching around, doing what they got to do. And 15 minutes goes by and I, I've heard so much noise at this point in time that it just, I'm kind of, you know, you kind of just drown it out, I guess you could say. So I'm sitting there and I'm just staring off into space, doing nothing. I'm hearing the crunching going behind me, thinking it's just squirrels, like there's a thousand of them around me. And then I hear the ice break. Crack! So squirrels don't break ice. And if it does, I'm shooting them because it's going to be freaking huge. But, uh, so I, I slowly just peek over my left hand shoulder and there comes a doe. And I get another look at her. She looks like a good one. She's got a little gray on her. She's got a big belly on her. And I'm thinking to myself, like, she got a fawn with her. And I'm looking around. She's coming in alone. She's making her way in from the west. Sorry, the east. And she's kind of heading south. And she's, and she's skirting around me, it looks like. I'm, I'm not sure if she knows I was there or not. Or anything. But my, my wind's nowhere near her. So I'm watching her. I quickly turn the camera on. Because this is the most important part of my season. Is making sure I get my kill on camera if I get it. Because I just... I get so excited and I just want to relive it. So I get the camera on and I start taping her. And she starts making her way around all these cedars and the hemlocks. And I, and I get the range finder out and I range my first laneway where I know she's going to pass. And that's 35 yards where she should pass. The next laneway, if she keeps on that trail, will be 40 yards. And I said after that, it gets a little bit stretched. So I got two laneways if she doesn't turn to come towards me, if she keeps heading west, um, that I can get her. So get the camera focused, she's going. I get her right on that laneway because I can get her and the laneway in the frame. I get my bow ready, and she doesn't stop. She just calmly walks without stopping right through that laneway. So I focus myself on the 40-yard pin or, and uh, wait for the 40-yard lane, and I start watching her. And little did, she, did I know, but she starts angling towards me. There's no 40-yard pin now. She looks like she's going to cross me at about 25 yards max i mean 25 yards she got no interest in the bait looks like she's just going to keep walking right by almost looked like she was going to start heading up towards uh the north end where charlie's going and uh and i sat there and i'm like oh it's got to be a good one so videotaping her she gets to this point where there's a uh, two trees together and they kind of make a v and there's about two feet in between the two of them and she stops right in the middle of the two of them she's eating something behind these two trees and i'm assuming what it was was a corn cob probably laid out there by a squirrel from uh from the bait pile but what happened was she kept eating at it, put her head up and eat a little bit more. And she was just nonchalant, like nothing was going on. She didn't know I was up there or nothing. She kind of took a little glance towards me, but never even like stopped a phase. So she must've been scanning the area. So this is my opportunity. Puts her head down, turns broadside, looks like she's going to walk out. I draw back. And this is where I love my new bow. That new Prime Logic CT5 that I bought at Ontario Archery Supply in Belleville, I'm telling you, was well worth my money. I held this bow, it looks like on camera, for almost two minutes. And I don't remember shaking. Any other bow I've ever done like that, I'd just be shaking like a madman. I'm telling you right now that 
this one, I held as calm as can be. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was the fact that I didn't have a giant buck in front of me and I'm pretty more, I'm a little bit more calm with a doe, even though I'm, I get pretty fired up. And, uh, anyway, so I pulled that bow back up and about 10, maybe 15 seconds later, she just stares right up at me. Like, I don't understand. Like I figured she would have looked up the minute I drew, but she didn't. I think something looked different to her the way I was angled towards her now, instead of like sideways. So she's looking at me, trying to identify me about two seconds. She drops her head and starts eating again. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and about 20, maybe 30 seconds goes by. She pops her head back up and just starts staring at me. And I mean, this went on for about 20 seconds this time. So I have all three pins labeled right on the front of her chest. No way I'm messing that front chest. I just drill her. It either hit her in the heart, the lungs or in the throat. Like it was, it was game on. But I, like I told you earlier, I have ethics. I, I just can't take that shot. It just, to me, unless I'm like 10 yards and I can sneak it between the ribs and the front shoulder, it just, I just, I just don't want to do it. So I just waited. I knew she was going to come. And if she turned, I got more days. I got another day. So I just said, oh, let's just, let's just take what happens, happens. So she watched, puts her head back down, starts eating again, turns a little bit broadside, then looks back at me again. I do not move. I hold her straight. I hold it and I'm holding it. And she finally gives in. She turns sideways and she starts coming. Her head pops out from behind the tree, then her neck, then her front shoulder. And as I'm about to, to let go of the arrow, the next step she takes, she starts heading, uh, quartering away from me, which to me doesn't matter anyway, because that's a freaking amazing shot. So I line it up and I go through my process. I hit my anchor point, my nose point. I talk myself down through my thing, calm down, focus, pick a point. I got a buddy, TJ, that gave me the best advice in the world. Said, pick a hair. So what I did was I picked an exact spot that I could see right in behind the rib. And I stuck that arrow right in behind the back rib and it popped out in front of the front shoulder. I got the liver, I got a lung, and I got an artery. And I'm telling you that deer only went 40 yards. But when I shot and I hit that thing first, I thought I hit high. I thought I hit high. I actually almost thought like, oh no, this sucks. This is where my video camera came in great. Not only do I get to share that hunt with you guys, but I got to relive what I did. Instantly, I'm shaking like a madman. I pull up my phone, and as you guys see, I'm sh I, I take myself after I shot it, shaking and throwing high fives myself and stuff like that too. But I can tell you right now, um, that camera came in more handy with the fact that I reversed it and I shot and looked at the shot. I kept looking and I kept looking, and where it went in, it looked beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Text my buddy Charlie, said, doe down. So I just reviewed the footage on it. I'm telling you, I either double lunged her or I got something major. She's dead. I watched her run off. She stopped at 30 yards, by the way. I didn't tell you that. She stopped at 30 yards to the south of me. And I seen her, then she started heading south again. I lost her after that. And that's where I was a little confused. Like, if I didn't get her good enough, that's what kind of made me second guess myself. But anyways, after that footage, I text my brother, doe down, everything else is good. Charlie says to me, this is 8.30. He says to me, he says, all right, I'm going to get out. I said, no, man, don't get out. I said, we're going to sit till 10. I said, that doe's down, and if it's not, I'm giving her an hour anyways, and she's down. I said, let's get another one. I said, I want to hear a text from you or read a text from you that says, got one. Although that text never came in, bud, I went to him. I met him at 10 o'clock at his tree stand. We walked back out, and we grabbed the four-wheeler. I knew Charlie was ready for killing today because he brought the truck and the four-wheeler. If he's not completely ready for killing, he brings the Nissan. The little car like I do. I got a Jetta. He's got the Nissan. We do that because we're cheap and we want to save gas. But I knew when he brought the truck and the four-wheeler, she was killing time. So we got the four-wheeler out and we headed back in. Um, 
I got to the arrow, and from the tree stand, I could see blood from where the arrow went through. It was a complete pass-through. I could see the arrow sitting there, and I got to the arrow, and I looked at the arrow. had some nice red blood on it. The fletchings themselves had a couple little bubbles on it, so I figured I got some lungs. Um, there was a little bit of spray from where the exit wound came out, um, but when I was looking at it, I couldn't really much find the blood trail. It took about four or five steps, and I found some blood. Finally, then I could see the trail. So me and Charlie, he would always stay back on the last blood. I would keep going. At the beginning, it was just dripping a little bit, and I was kind of a little bit worried, but I kept saying to myself, if you hit her high, she's going to have to fill up. And right when I got to that spot where I knew I could see her where she stopped, and I looked back, I could see my tree stand. All of a sudden, I had two solid lines of just pouring blood out the side of her. I knew it wouldn't be far. I literally looked up, and about 10 yards away, there she was laying down by a tree. I've never been happier. 30 yards, maybe 40. Let's say I'll even give it 50 yards tracking because there was a couple turns in there. But I mean, quick, clean, ethical kill. That thing did not suffer. It bled out completely. And when I got up to it, man, I never, I did not think I shot a doe that big. It was big, man. Like, I've sh the buck I shot this year was smaller than the doe I shot this year. Like, it was a big doe, and I was happy. Oh, me and Charlie spent uh, a couple minutes high-fiving and celebrating, taking some good pictures. I got the video camera out. I videoed the whole uh, um, field dressing aspect of it, the four-wheeler rides with my buddy. And this is where I'm telling you the best part about having your, a good buddy. I pull my tag out, and I go to notch it, right? And he looks at me and he says, don't notch that. I said, man, you know me. He says, I know. He says... But I want you to give. I want you to use my tag, and I said, "No, man, I want you to get out." He said, "I, I said I got to work all week. You don't." He says, "I'm not getting out." He says, "I'm way too busy. I'm behind in the shop." He says, "I got stuff to do, and then we got Christmas." He says, "I won't be getting out." He says, "And if I do get out, I'm going to go out with you again, man." He said, "So, can you use my tag?" I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." So I put his tag on there. Buddy to give up his season to wait for you to go out. That's a good buddy. I'm telling you right now, you guys need a friend like that. A guy that's willing to put down his season so you can keep going. He knows I want Big Mike, but I ain't going to get him. But maybe, just maybe, just maybe, he'll show up. And that's what Charlie knows. Charlie knows I'm still not ready to quit. I'm ready to get it done. That man... That man's my best friend. Along with my brother, and those other guys we hunt with, best group of guys. Guys I hunt up with Winchester Hunt Camp, best guys. I'm telling you guys, get yourself good hunting partners. It makes everything. It does. It makes everything. It makes a difference. Your, your enjoyable level goes up 10 times more when you can share it with somebody, especially when you got a good buddy that won't let you end your season early. Because he knows he ain't getting out. And the lucky part about Ontario, we get to party hunt. So I know I've been blessed. I've took two deer this year. I've took two deer this year. And I haven't put my tag on it yet. I almost feel greedy. Right? I got my first tag filled by a guy at our... our not my first tag. Uh, filled Beck's uh, grandfather's tag the first week of gun season. He only hunts one week, so it was great. I appreciate the fact... That, that those guys understand that I love to hunt and they they always do that with party hunting. 
because they only hunt one week. And then this is what surprised me because Charlie is an avid hunter. Charlie hunts just as much as I do. And man, to throw your tag on my deer, which basically means I can't go out again until you're ready to go. That shows a lot to me, man. Like, So I've been very picky. I have been out once or twice, but I'm not just going to go fill that tag because there's that huge part of me that says if he can get out the 30th and the 31st, I want him to fill my tag. And if he can't fill my tag, I'm going to share it with a couple of my other buddies. Maybe my cousin Noah, he doesn't have one down this year. My cousin Chris, he got one with his son Emmett. He's the one that I told you about with that story last week. And my brother, he got his big monster. But as for now, there's me and there's T- and Terry and Charlie. And if Charlie wants to fill my tag, Charlie can fill my tag. Sorry, I don't mean Terry, I mean Noah. <laughs> so that's right there, guys. That that made my season. I'm telling you right there, it was awesome. So now I got great table fare. I got great stories. I got it done with my bow. I did I got it done on camera. I uh, I did all my public land hunting that I wanted to do. And I was successful again. Years after years, I've been doing this. And years after years, I've been successful on public land. And I love it. I listen to guys talk about how public land sucks. You know what public land sucks for? Giant bucks. You might get one or two, right? But you guys on private land that have a whole pile of them, you get to pick and choose. Public land, you don't. Plus, you're sharing them with, like I said, 26 other guys. So... To, to set yourself a reasonable goal, a reasonable goal is what you got to do. And I honestly, I have to attribute that to the to uh, the Wired to Hunt podcast, in my opinion, because Mark Kenyon showed me that you do not have to shoot 180 inch bucks to be good at what you do. You just have to enjoy and get it done. Set yourself your goals. Accomplish your goals. Don't accomplish everybody else's. Accomplish your goals. And you guys will have the best season in the world. I shot the biggest buck of my life last year. And although I didn't think I'd be able to top that season, I'm telling you, this one, this one was a great, great, I want to swear, fucking season. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I did everything I wanted to do. I learned. Next year's going to be more dynamite because I'm hoping I'm going to be able to to settle it down. But uh, I I don't want to get into my yearly review yet. That's next week's podcast. We're going to talk about all my different seasons that it went, my ups and downs from turkey hunting all the way down to moose hunting. That's what we're going to talk about. And maybe if you guys are listening to this, maybe you guys can give me some tips. If you want to hear some other shit before the end of the year, let's do it. But as of right now, I'm going to let you guys go, I think. I think we've talked a lot about it. I hope you guys all get out there. Fill that tag. Enjoy it. Love it. Spend the time in the woods that you need because it's vast or it's shortly approaching to be the ending of it all till next year. So, that's it, guys. Merry Christmas. I'm not wishing you a Happy New Year because that's next week's episode. But if I don't, if you guys don't listen to it before then, Happy New Year too. All right? There we go. I hope you guys, um, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? I'm done. Remember to always enjoy, always improve, guys. Cheers to the next time.
All right, guys, Christmas approaching, pretty much already here. By the time you guys get this podcast, it'll probably be like New Year's or New Year's, Christmas Eve. Come on. So, great ideas. Great ideas for your Christmas tree. Go to scentlock.ca. Lots of products. I'm telling you. Um, my personal favorite is the, uh, the Merino socks. I'm telling you, my feet don't sweat. They're absolutely amazing. Keep them warm in the stand. I'd buy them just for your wife or something hanging around in the house this wintertime when they're nice and cold. And if not, head out, check out that Bowhunter Elite number one suit. I'm telling you, that is going to be the key for your next year's season. It could very well be the key for your last ending week of this year too as well. You need to go to scentlock.ca, guys. Check out that stuff. And I want to wish... All my Scentlock fellow ambassadors, congratulations on our Christmas party and all your winnings. I want to say congratulations to Courtney Cool for winning the Huntress of the Year. And I want to say a big Canadian congratulations to uh, Kurt Reynolds for winning Canadian Brand Ambassador of the Year, guys. Give them a big round of applause. These guys are awesome for what they're doing for Scentlock. And uh, uh, keep keep in mind, for your next... uh, purchases as well as at boxing day specials all right guys cheers check them out scentlock.ca hey guys just want to finish with a big shout out to uh, buyers carpentry if you guys are looking to build a house a garage a hunt camp or anything like that in 2020 in the sdng area you need to give these guys a call they will travel as well if you're looking, I've known they've gone all the way up to Renfrew and places like this. They are amazing carpenters. They'll build the suit. They work with you. They work with your budget. And the finished product is above everything you're going to expect. You need to give Kevin and Ken a call at 613-223-0620. And tell them Whippoorwill Outdoors sent you. Maybe, just maybe, they'll give you a discount. But in all reality, guys, if you want top-notch service, you need to give them a call. Check them out on Facebook, Buyers Carpentry Incorporated. You won't be disappointed. All right, guys, that's it. I got no fancy music today for you as I don't have my uh, laptop with me. But I want to continue with saying Merry Christmas to you guys all. I hope everybody has a safe holiday season. No drinking and driving. Get a cab. Do whatever you got to do to come home to your loved ones. And if you're out in the tree stand, wear your harness. Don't make this your last Christmas. I'm telling you guys, I want to hear stories. I want to see pictures. I want to see everything you got to do with hunting over the next couple years. Um, Just enjoy it. Merry Christmas, guys. I want you to remember to always improve and always enjoy. Cheers, guys. Till the next time. Boom. There, podcast music mumbled out by me. <laughs> Cheers, guys.